Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. advice from old pro turkey hunters like this the turkeys typically don't like i think more times than not to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning especially after he gets up it's a blinding thing it, it it's just like you it's hard for you to see into the sun mm-hmm. so if i have a choice i'm going to try to make it so that i'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 455, The Slam of All Slams, with Chip Davis. And I am your co-host... And the guy who's been pulling his best Freddy Krueger impersonation this week. And I'm your co-host, and the guy who will not be going to Kroger before the third Thursday in November. All right. Yes, sir. Got fresh fall gobbler on the menu for Thanksgiving this year. Yes, sir. Congratulations to you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It was my first multi-bearded turkey, and he had three beards. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I've killed a lot of turkeys. I kind of, well, I mean, at least by my estimation, I've killed several turkeys. And I have been kind of shocked that I haven't killed any multi-bearded turkeys. I killed one years ago that he kind of had two beards. He had a second beard that was maybe like an inch long. But this one had three distinct beards. Yeah, good looking bird for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, and I'm also the guy who has been tearing down the world because I rented this mulching machine and have made two new plots for the wild turkey on some land, and it's been pretty fun. That thing, that thing's a bomb. It has a disc mulcher mounted to a skid steer, and it is it is fun to run. Yeah, those things are pretty bad. There's no doubt. They are awesome. New trail system and food plots in and. I have a feeling I know why you call yourself Freddy Krueger, judging by the pictures you've sent me. You've been putting the axe to some raccoons, literally. Been wearing out some raccoons. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so it's pretty brutal, you know. You, yeah, with with cool methods, but hey, at least you aren't drowning them. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I could do that too, but you know, it's the city says you can't discharge a firearm in the city limits doesn't say anything about hacking up your catch with an axe which is (laughs) totally brutal uh and you know after you do that you have to go in a shower because you're covered in blood i mean it's it's horror movie-esque for sure so but i will say oh my gosh as brutal as it is it is speedy yeah yeah i mean it's which is the main objective quick yes and humane there's, death yes there's very little suffering well yeah you know as uh, i would imagine as far as a death goes you know it's not a long drawn out process so anyway yeah yeah i mean i would imagine you know folks that caught the guillotine back in the day i, I assume that's a quick way to go yeah yeah no doubt. Well, well, speaking of killing things, we have a guy on the phone with us this evening who has pursued and ended the lives of many wild turkey gobblers across the United States, Mexico, Canada, and soon to be New Zealand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is Chip Davis, who has completed the Slam of Slams. And I guess to explain what that is, why don't we go ahead and hop on the phone with Chip and let him tell everybody, because we got a long one with Chip, so we'll we'll let him tell you what the Slam of Slams is. Yes, indeed. Let's do it. All right. See you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. We have on the phone with us tonight Mr. Chip Davis from Mississippi. And Chip is the, what is is it? the third person or first person to complete all of the known or created slams for wild turkeys that is correct would be the second yep second well heck i went on both sides of that (laughs) (laughs) but so you are the second person to complete every slam and chip has also been on our show before back a little over a year ago probably now doing a trapping episode during our trapping series that we did and he talked about his personal experience with trapping on his land and the perceived benefits that he saw of his turkey populations on not only his property but all of his neighboring properties and that's a great episode if y'all want to go back and listen to it but andy and i figured we probably should talk turkey hunting with this guy a little bit. He's done it a little bit. So it, it may, be, may be worth getting off the predator control and talking turkey one day. <laughs> I, I've hunted once or twice at a Sunday school party one time. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So how many slams are there, I guess? I know. Let me see how many I can get, I guess. Grand Slam, Royal Slam, World Slam, United States Super Slam. Is there a Canadian Slam? There he is. Okay. That's all I got. Is there one? And you're you're only missing one, and it's it's south of the border. South of the The border. A Mexico Slam? Mexican Slam, correct. Yes, sir. Okay, so there's a Mexican Slam, Canadian Slam, U.S. Slam, Grand Royal World. So none of them include New Zealand in there. They're not. And this interesting, um, kind of surprised we started the show with that, but um, (laughs) in New Zealand have what's very, very closely to, they're basically Merriam's turkeys, but they're not a game bird. That's the reason that they don't include those in uh, in the slams because they are a nuisance bird there. Fact of the matter, there's no seasons nor, nor any limits on them. They have a suggested limit of 15 turkeys per day, 15 gobblers per day, and I'm going to get me some of that coming up real soon. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a nice suggested limit. I mean, you know, I think after I killed my fifteenth one, I would be good for the day, maybe. But I asked them. I literally asked the the outfitters. I talked to a couple, two or three before, and, and I'm scheduled. I'm 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 about to, to to do that one as well. But I said, why is it a suggested limit? And they said because none of our clients can stand up to 15 gobblers per day. <laughs> and so, yeah, I kind of jokingly said, I'm not so sure that you know who you're talking to. So, uh, I so will be the one. <laughs> that is the reason that they're, that they're not included because they're, they're absolutely not classified as a game bird there. They're classified as a nuisance. I gotcha. I'm, I'm with so, you. I wish, wish we had enough of them to be a nuisance bird here. Yeah, well, don't we all? Yeah, but uh, but yeah. they're kind of like the 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 North American American model and and uh, success stories we've had there. But uh, but yeah, there's um, yeah, maybe we continue to grow. Hopefully so. Yeah. So they seriously said that none of their hunters could could or wanted to kill 15 in a day. Well, they they said that, that nobody could, could could, could kind of you know stand up to that and. Maybe when we start talking about trips here in a little while, maybe I'll shed a little light on that. I can kind of come back and segue because a lot of us, I mean, obviously this is the Turkey Hunter podcast. You know, a lot of us are, I'm going to say most of us are diehard turkey hunters, but there's also a different segment of the population that goes on trips and goes on out-of-state trips much more for a recreational type of, and it's fine, and, and not taking anything away from those yeah. guys. And, um, yeah. but they not only want to go to South Dakota to shoot a Merriam's turkey, but they want to, they, half of that trip is to go see Mount Rushmore. Does that make sense? I mean, you know, there, there's, Absolutely. yeah, there, so everybody has different goals, I guess. And, and everybody has different, um, um, you know, values on a trip and, and, and what they want to accomplish. And so me, and, and and this is not being boastful. This is just me. I don't know how to say me any more than just me. But I'm turkeys. I, I'm turkeys. And and you know, for, okay. now have I enjoyed the sideline and the side? You know, have I seen the Grand Canyon? Have I seen the Mayan ruin, ruins? Have I, so yeah, all that was cool. But I'm there for the turkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally understand. Now, I had a uh, outfitter say one day we 
killed our birds over there, but we had the opportunity for a second bird. And he said, well, we'll get up in the morning and go on a gentleman's hunt. And I said, gentleman's hunt? He said, yeah, you know, just casual hunt. I said, I'm no gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go hunting. I don't, uh, you know, I don't just go hunting just to hunt. But since then, you know, I will say when I'm at home, I hunt to hunt because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a a lengthy season in Alabama and I want to go every single day. And if I don't kill my limit because I want to go every day, then great. I went every day. I got all the enjoyment out of that that I can. So, but, you know, I, I understand the principle behind a gentleman's hunt. But, no, I'm, I'm going on a trip out of state to kill. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but, no, you're right. And I, and I will never, ever slight those guys and, and women who do go travel somewhere out of state from wherever they live. And, you know, may hunt in the mornings and go sightseeing the afternoons, even if they could hunt in the afternoons. You know, I will never, whatever makes somebody happy, go do what makes you happy and what you want to do. That's what this is all about is enjoyment. If it wasn't about enjoyment, we just go sit in the office for, you know, those four days or five days that we go on a trip. Plus, it gives the three of us the opportunity to kill that turkey in the afternoon while they're sightseeing. So I like it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, but i guess what i want to say is is i want to echo cameron's remarks there is you know there's just you know different motivations for different people and and i certainly don't want to knock that i happen i don't you know i don't apologize for my motivations to go hunt turkeys that's what i do that's why i'm there and, and if i'm not doing that i just feel like i'm you know cheating on my mission because i've it's, it's, i'm so focused and i'm so intent on you know even you know especially on the driving trips where i'm not flying even on the flying trips i'm looking at that window of that airplane especially we're getting close and I'm looking at the terrain i'm looking at the wood structure i'm looking at uh, you know openings i'm trying to get a feel for you know, from driving, I'm, I'm literally, it's, it's really amazing I hadn't read yet because I'm, I'm looking for every strutter in every field, you know, and uh, uh, and just, you know, to, I'm trying to gain knowledge of what I'm about to do because it's, it's almost like, and it's not battle, hats off to our soldiers that protect us, but this is not battle, but I approach it like it would be, and I'm looking for every single little bitty clue that I can get, even if I'm 50 miles away, what are these turkeys doing right now? Where are they at in their breeding cycle? You know, are, are, are they still gobbled up? Are they still fighting? Are, are, are they in peak breeding? And I can tell a lot of that from the road driving in, you know, and, and, and the more and more you do it, the more that skill set is developed and the more odds you have stacked in your corner when you actually get there and quote unquote, go to battle. And, and, and I, hesitate to use that word because we're in some really serious times in our country and and i don't want to diminish our, our our fighting force that keeps us free that all of us i think our hats are off to those guys but um and girls but but yeah that's that's kind of the analogy that sometimes i draw toward turkey hunting yeah no i agree and you know for me on my trips I, i've been you know around places that would be really cool to go sightsee and stuff but like it's a mental thing. Like I can't 
I literally can't pull myself out of turkey mode once I turn it on. Like I, I'm I'm so enthralled with finding and hunting the turkeys. I wouldn't even really enjoy the other stuff. Like it, it just it wouldn't do it justice because my mind wouldn't be there. You know, like I'd be probably standing over the Grand Canyon on Onyx looking at the where the turkey gobbled that morning and how I could figure out how to get <laughs> exactly exactly but so when did you finish the super slam so the super slam was finished in april of last year april of 2022 i finished in west virginia um of all states that was one of the few repeat states that i had to do um i think there was a total of five repeats um i believe that's right uh, I had hunted the previous year in Virginia and West Virginia, and I just selected the wrong property. I mean, it, it was it was 100% on me, but um, there were no turkeys there. I don't doubt that the info that I got when I selected those properties was probably accurate at the time. I think they probably had some wintertime flocks on them, but at the time I got there, there was not a scratching. There was not a dropping. There was not a feather. There was no sign. There was not a gobble. There was not a turkey on the place that I selected. And I actually, it was one property, pretty big, it's about 3,000, 3,500 acres, but there was a creek in the middle of it, and, and the creek separated Virginia from West Virginia. So I would have likely finished the, in 20, this is 23, I would likely finished in 21. However, that was a repeat, so I finished those up in 2022. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, and then what I had left for this past spring, for the spring of 2023, I had yet to harvest a Mexican Rio uh, that constitutes part of the Mexican Slam. I had the, the goals from years ago, really, really fun, cool hunt that we can or cannot talk about. Uh, it was actually a bow hunt down there in the Sierra Madres, uh, had a great time. I had a good time in the Yucatan Peninsula, I actually called up two monster oscillated turkeys on the ground um one of them from, from about as far away as we've ever if i've ever been a part of a hunt that's called a turkey and so that's a really really fun cool hunt and actually shot him at three steps uh yep nine feet that was a fun hunt as well uh that was one of the two birds i harvested there but then the this past spring i also picked up a rio in Tamopolis, mexico and for the listeners that may be listening not familiar with Tomopolis, uh, you probably have heard of Brownsville, Texas. And so mm-hmm. I crossed the border um, at just south of Brownsville. Uh, it's Brownsville-Matamoros uh, border crossing right there. And we drove only about two and a half hours, and we were in camp. And out of roughly speaking 105 to 110 turkey trips that I've been on in my life, Hands down, that was my absolute favorite of all wow. of them. Uh, yeah, and and we'll talk more about let's just make a mental note to circle around and talk about Tomopolis because it was an awesome, awesome trip. I had more fun on that one than I have any of them for sure. And so later this spring, I had never even stepped the sole of my boot in this on soil in Canada ever, but I traveled to Ontario and I shot an Eastern in Ontario. If it helps any, I was probably only about 60 miles northeast of Niagara Falls, New York. So in most, you'll find most of those Canadian turkeys are on the southern 
side of Canada. Obviously, the further north yeah. you get, the climate changes quite a bit. And so I finished that hunt and I flew over to British Columbia. And we can, as we get into the show, we can talk more about that if you guys want. Out of 105 to 110 turkey hunts, that was the worst I've ever had, hands down. The yeah. worst. Fact of the matter, I had called my wife and said, I guess it's going to be next year. I'm going to have to come back to British Columbia or, or, or somewhere up here, and, but there's no birds here. And I mean, it was, I literally heard two turkeys gobble. I saw two hens and one gobbler and actually was able to harvest that gobbler on the last minute of the last day. So, uh, yeah, it was, is it was, it was miserable. And the terrain is, look at your wall. If you're listening, if, if you're in a room, look at your wall. You see how straight up your wall is? That That's how the terrain was in British Columbia. It's straight up and straight down. So uh, maybe, wow. maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but, oh, boy, it was a, it yeah. was a tough, tough, tough hunt. So. Mm, that sounds like that, it. Uh, I wanna, the first thing I want to talk about after what you just said, it, you are the first person I've come into contact with that talked about calling up oscillated turkeys on the ground and i gotta hear that story and how that experience was because that's a turkey i would love to go harvest because of how beautiful they look and you know it'd be a really cool trip but my desire just hasn't been there because most people i talk to say they either show up and roost pop them or the guides out there dumping corn out in front of the blind you know shaking the bag to get the birds to come in type thing and i just I can't fathom spending a couple grand to go whack one in that method. Not sliding people who do. It's perfectly legal. Have fun. It just isn't for me. So I'm very interested in your experience calling up oscillated turkeys. Yeah, I'll be glad to go into that. We think a lot alike because I saved that to the very end. I had um, got a really good friend, and, and if it's okay to give a shout out to him, uh, he, he takes groups down there each, sure. each and every year. Is that okay? Yeah. To, to, to plug my outfit. Absolutely. So it, it's yeah. a boy out of a really good friend of mine. We've known each other for 30 years. He does an extremely good job. Um, he's going to the jungle. I know for the next couple of years, uh, he also does gold hunts and different things. Um, we grew up in our youth uh, hunting together. I, I actually met him in at college and a uh, great turkey hunter um, and, and really a great guy, too. His name is Steve Brown. He owns Steve Brown and or I'm sorry, he owns Brown and Company Outfitters, and they do more than just turkeys, but primarily they focus on turkeys. He's out of Starkville, Mississippi. With that information, you can probably look him up. Um, so I went with him, and they had. So I'll tell you a little bit. I get into your question here. Oscillated turkeys don't gobble, and the only vocalization that either the males or the females make that sounds anything remotely close to what our turkeys, the, you know, the four subspecies that we're familiar with, Eastern uh, Osceolas, Rios, and Merriams, is the cluck. Now, they do, they do cluck that sounds very, very, very similar. Um, so, but the, the gobble, as, I, as our turkeys gobble, they call it singing. And you can Google oscillated turkey song, and you can hear that. And it's got similar cadence and similar rhythm to a gobble, but it sounds totally different. Like I said, the only thing that's similar is a cluck 
and also a putt. Um, but then even the hens, they, they whistle. Their quote-unquote yelps are more of a whistle. Um, if you're familiar with really young turkeys and a kiki whistle, it does not sound like a kiki, but it is a whistle like our like quote unquote our turkeys, um, you know, in the southern United States or, or anywhere in the United States. I mean, you know, it, it's the the kiki from young turkeys is more of a whistle kind of kind of sound, and so that's real similar to what they do. So the Mayans, where we were hunting, had developed some some technology and some strategy that they could mimic the gobble or the song because it's not a gobble they call it a singing or a song and i used to would say that of, of all the subspecies i've hunted up in this literally took 31 years to complete all the slams um and um so i've been at this for a little while and i would have told you had i been fielded that question that the most aggressive turkey of the four subspecies is the Florida turkey or the Osceola turkey. And and for the United States of America, yeah. I still stand by that. I love to hunt them because I can challenge them. I can gobble at them. I can, you know, they they love to fight. They're coming in on a string. I, I love that. Love, love, love that. I, after my trip to the jungle, I have to rephrase that. And now I think the most aggressive turkey is the oscillated in the Yucatan um, because that, those turkeys are just absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, so we would, uh, we would imitate the song of those turkeys and they would come in. They're also probably hands down the spookiest of all of them. And here again, I was, I just wasn't, um, I'm like you, Andy, I was not the guy that was going to go camp under the tree or, or get woken up at two o'clock. This is fine for people that want to do that. That's the one place that that's still acceptable to do it because it's tradition and, and all that. It just wasn't for me. And so um, I, I wasn't interested in that, but both my birds, we called up. Uh, one of them we called up, um, he was singing on the tree. We set up just like a traditional turkey hunt. Uh, he hung up out there for for a while. We, you know, again, it's not a gobble. I guess we sung at him. But what I, what we would typically refer to, I gobbled at him for a little while. And, uh, but, but, uh, at any rate, and then finally, he's the matter and matter and matter he got. He came to whoop our tail, and instead, he he, he met that barred 12 gauge shotgun. So uh, the second one, I couldn't. So we we got Mayan guides there because it is jungle. It is absolutely thick jungle, and we happen to be on a road, and they just it's two tracks through cut through the jungle that literally you can barely get a jeep or something through. And he kept saying "pavo," and he would, which is the the you know Spanish term for turkey, uh, for at least for oscillated turkey, because Guadalajara in in for the Rio, so it's, it's a different Spanish word for for a different subspecies, evidently. But uh, but "pavo" is the word for. Uh, oscillated gobbler and our oscillated male turkey to be real, very specific. So he said, Pavo, and he would point and I couldn't hear him. And, and, and I'm getting older and my hearing is not as good as it used to be, but I still can pretty much hear turkey vocalizations. A lot of times I cannot hear my wife tell me to take the trash out, but I can hear a turkey drumming for 300 yards. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I could not hear this turkey singing. And I'm about to think, that yeah, he thinks he'd see here's one, but I'm about to doubt him. And after about 15 or 20 minutes, his body language shows, yeah, he's hearing him, but I couldn't hear him. And all of a sudden, I could hear him about as far away as you could hear one, probably a half a mile. 
and the turkey gets closer and closer and closer, and it gets within where it should be shotgun range. I mean, the turkeys, I could literally a few times hear him walking in the jungle, hear him break a stick or, or rustling leaves. He's wow. 40 or 50 yards, and I cannot see him, and he makes a 180-degree circle around us because they're so, they're so wary. And I was I don't know the species of the tree, but it was huge. I could have parked my pickup behind the tree. You couldn't have seen the front or the back bumper of it. Uh, this this tree was probably wow. 12 feet in diameter. And so we're set up facing where the turkey came from. He comes basically straight in on the string until he gets close. We never did see him. I caught a glimpse of his bluish feathers when he crossed the road because we walked down this little two-track road. He crossed the road and he's behind us. I'm just scooching over, inching, inching, inching my tail where, you know, I'm, I'm basically instead of, I don't know, well, actually, I think I do. I think I was actually, my gun barrel was pointed south to start with. The turkey wound up due north. It, so he basically circled me 180, and he got behind this tree, actually a little bit more than 180 degrees, probably 190 degrees. And so at that point in time, I knew he couldn't see me because I got this huge tree. I just flopped back over on my belly. And I scooched out on my elbows, and 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 now I'm mean, I can almost hear him breathing, and he sings right there, like in my ear, and I still can't see him, but he's probably 12 feet away. And at that point in time, I said, "Yep, he I, he just got to take three more turkey steps," and he does, and he's like in my face, and 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 I wanted to mount one of those turkeys. And it's, kind of crazy that we're having this conversation today i'm i'm going next week to pick up those capes they're back here and i will i will throw a real quick sideline uh story in there if you do hunt them they are a cites controlled a bird so they're cites tags and don't expect to come home with your with your cape for mounting it's going to be a little delay so i was there this spring they're back i'll pick it up next week so that's that's the sideline story and so back to the main yeah. story, um, sure enough, he pops out right there. And I literally had to kind of aim off of his head a little bit, but I, he was so close. I'm shooting a rifle now, even though it's a shotgun. It's, you know, my pattern is, is a golf ball yeah. at that, you know. And, and so I basically, I clucked at him when, when I mean, he was, I, I waited till the turkey, I actually could have shot him a half a second before. But I let him take another step, so I had all of him in sight, and it was literally one turkey step. And I put it on the tip of his beak. Is <laughs> where is where I is where I, I did not want to mess him up because it was uh, he actually was the one that that I wound up mounting or I'm going to uh, have mounted. So at any rate, it was it was a cool story, and yeah, it was fun. But yeah, he was singing the whole entire time. Uh, literally the. The last song he sang was 12 feet from me and you talk about goosebumps on the back of on the back of your your neck it was uh it was a great time great experience that's cool so that guide heard that turkey 15 10 15 minutes before you ever did he did he did now understand this they live in a world without machinery without highways without anything they that that's their world that's what they grew up in that's what they've never experienced what we do you know they've never driven down acdc in your airpods exactly yeah yeah so i do think that um 
I think our ancestors heard better than we do. <laughs> I mean, I, I think a lot of that's mechanical. I really, I, that, that's not the topic of tonight's show, but I, I think that is, uh, that's a real thing. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah, amazing. I, I would think that that sounds reasonable. So that's awesome. I mean, that's, that makes me want to go hunt an oscillated now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now I, I know the guy to call apparently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Steve will do you right for sure. He's uh, he, yeah. Brown and Company Outfitters. They are, I think, actually, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that they're a hundred percent success rate for probably going on twenty years now. Wow. Mm. Um, I will say this about the oscillated turkeys. Um, they are getting. They're not getting any cheaper by a long shot. Mm-hmm. The habitat is decreasing. This they were listed on CITES because they're clearing that jungle up for agriculture reasons. There'll always be, I believe, there'll always be oscillated turkeys there, but the opportunities to hunt them are diminishing year to year to year. They're they're cleaning that jungle up and and planting milo fields. I mean, it is mm-hmm. literally alarming the rate that they're doing that you used to legally be able to hunt them in brazil and that's gone you you cannot anymore because they are and i'm not sure i think it's threatened i don't think they're in danger but i think they're threatened and it's strictly a habitat issue it's nothing to do with the bird it's a habitat issue and um and you're starting to see that trend continue over into southern mexico and and the the yucatan peninsula so if someone's wanting to harvest a oscillated turkey, I would absolutely say sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I mean, if, if you were chasing the slams or whatever, I would shift that one up more toward the number one spot, you know, and just because that opportunity may or may not be there in the future. Um, it, it's the, the, the population. I don't know so much that the population on a particular property is decreasing but the because there's a lot of birds down they they actually their dynamics remind me a lot of a merriam's turkey when when you find them you find them in in you know know, large populations uh very very similar Mm. to to merriam's but their habitat where they can live that's what's being diminished a lot and that's going to be the reason that they're so hard to 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 have opportunity for and Additionally, the red tape is continuing to increase. So I literally had that conversation this morning of, of the CITES SAGs that was not a thing a few years ago, but now it is. And having to use brokers to get the case back, and that's just going up, up, up. I mean, I think we literally increased a couple hundred dollars per bird getting the case back from last year to this year, is my understanding. So, yeah, I would do if, if somebody, one of the listeners was wanting to do the, one of those, I would do it sooner rather than later because that opportunity may not be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good info. And you said the place that you hunted Rio's was in Tomopolis? Tomopolis, exactly. Yeah. Two and a half hours south of Brownsville, Texas. Absolutely had a the most fun I've had on any turkey I've ever been on. That's a lot easier to talk about. Uh, it's, tell me, I've had fun on almost all of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But tell us what, what set that one apart. I mean, you've, you've been on a bunch of hunts. So for that one to go to the top of the list speaks volumes. What, yeah. what made it at the top of the list for you? And so I wasn't expecting 
expecting that. I mean, I'm at, I don't know, 25 Grand Slams now, whatever. That that includes a bunch of real Grand Turkey hunts. And I was ex- expecting a real Grand Turkey hunt. You know, I mean, so um, that's in, in the country. It was Mesquite looking like South Texas. So the, the saying I heard was Tomopolis is like South Texas only for men. <laughs> so and what they meant by that they have a species of crocodile i didn't before that trip and i actually saw one i didn't know a crocodile existed until you got to australia or somewhere like that but they do have crocodiles <laughs> there they have jaguars which um you know imagine a bobcat that weighs 200 pounds and about three times more fierce you know and um you know, rattlesnakes that you got to wade across. It, so all that sounds like that would be a terrible hunt, but it is such a wild place. It is so natural, so pristine, even though it's not necessarily pretty. I'm, I'm a big bottomland hardwoods guy. That's what I think of pretty. And when you go to mesquite country, you know, I don't necessarily, but it is so wild and is so natural and it's so how God made it, and it's not been traversed by people. And when you get there, then they are so happy to see you, and and you're treated literally. I mean, I hate to say this because these after the trip, these people are like my brothers and sisters. I mean, I really made a huge connection with these people. They would do anything for you when you. So the I'll, I'll tell you this. The first evening, there was this Mexican guy down there that that I, I speak very, very, very little Spanish, and he spoke even less English. I mean, I can say a few phrases, and I can say enough to kind of get my point across so long as you don't tie my arms. If I can point, point and talk, I, I can communicate a little bit, but he, he was less than that. And this guy was watching me over in the corner of the room, and I couldn't really figure out what he was doing well come to find out after the second day he was there so if if i was drinking tea and i got down to where i was like within about a quarter of a glass of tea he's coming over to the tea pitcher and filling my tea up i mean he was literally assigned to make sure that the that every single minute part of this went beneficial for me almost and i mean they called them servants so I, I, I didn't even i felt uncomfortable with that i'm gonna come back to lesr because that was that guy's name so then let's talk about the turkey hunts we we would go out i was the only guy in camp i was the only hunter there they're a quail outfit and also a dove you know earlier season since i guess it's okay to plug them uh it is i believe it is el hacienda outfitters in Tamaulipas, Mexico, and I think their website, I believe, is elhaciendamx.com, I think is what it is, but I know it's El Hacienda, um, I'm, now I'm start, starting to second guess myself, maybe it's El Dorado Hacienda, <laughs> anyway, you can contact me or I'll, I'll, I will I will follow up with uh, with Andy and Cameron and, and get them the exact, uh, the exact info, maybe they can put it in the show notes or whatever, but so every time we'd go out, uh, again, they're a quail outfit and a dove outfit and have, and there's a lot of YouTube videos up and you can see, you know, kind of what they do. Luxury 
of accommodations. Um, the lodge, you're not expecting that. You see this desert country with mesquite, you know, kind of high desert type of South Texas kind of think of it, country. And you pull in and there's a swimming pool and they don't have a cook. They've got a chef. The food was absolutely amazing. And so I'm, I know I've been here twice. So I'm, I'm going to go down the road now. I was only hunter in camp. We'd go out and there was a truckload of us. There were uh, me and either uh, Paul or Jose, the, the two owners. And then there was, there was, I think, five, at least five other people. What the, the function of those other five people they would they were taking me to the MRI to the most recent information, but those other people they would drop them off with this ridge or that ridge or this looking spot or that looking spot, and they were scouts. How could you not be super successful when there's seven of you that are hunting except for you're the only one that's got the gun, you know? And so I, I harvested two turkeys on the first two hunts. I actually called up turkeys for Paul. I called up turkeys for Jose. And uh, I think there's a third turkey that I was involved in on, on calling up and had an absolute blast. Plenty of birds. Accommodations were the tops. And the people were absolutely just... I, is, have you ever been somewhere that you just felt like these should... that You know they're not, but these should be my kin people. You know, I mean, they, we just get along so well. I think everybody is probably nodding their heads you have to have that experience somewhere sometime. So I said I was going to come back to LESR. And so the very last night, so I tagged out quick. I mean, it was it was two big monster gobblers down there. And, and for Rio's, it is just, it is like plenty of birds. They responded very well, have hardly ever been hunted. They hunt on 500,000 acres down there. So plenty of ground, plenty oh, of fresh what? birds, and they've never heard a turkey call. So you can imagine how difficult that was. It was not hard at all. And I harvested two, but I witnessed several more. That, that Maybe I was responsible for several more, but not pulling the trigger. I, you know, I, I, that's actually, I enjoy that more than I even do being on the gun anymore, but is calling them up for other people. But at any rate, the the very last evening, we had pretty much anybody that wanted to shoot a turkey had shot a turkey. And so I had one more evening, and they and uh, fact of the matter, I was going to go back the night, the evening before, and they said, it's your call. We can take you back now, or we can take you back early in the morning, because I think one of them had to come back to Brownsville the next morning. And I flew into Brownsville is where I got picked up at. And so I said, no, I, I think I want to stay one more night, and then we'll get up at like five tomorrow, and you take me back. And I forget what time my flight was, but it was mid morning, so it, it wasn't a huge rush, and we could get away with that. And so they hadn't planned the meals. I wasn't technically quote unquote supposed to be in camp. And and I said, what would y'all? What he, they asked me to say, you know, we had meals planned, and and the meals were phenomenal. And he said, what would you like to do? I said, well, if I wasn't here what would you guys be doing anyway? He said, well, we'll have what they called, and, and I forget, I'm, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I, I don't want to look stupid, so I'm not going to say what I think it is, but it's basically equates to a Mexican barbecue, and that's, they had a successful hunter in camp. You know, he's happy, everybody got paid, every, you know, everybody got tipped, all that kind of thing, and he's gone, and they have basically a Mexican barbecue. I said, let's do that. 
And so that night, and there was two or three more people like LESR, but LESR was assigned to me to make sure I didn't run out of food or drink or anything else. And I said, look, the tables are going to flip tonight. Tonight, I am LESR's servant. I'm going to watch him, and every time he needs something, then I'm going to be there, and I'm going to fill his tea glass up. And I'm going and and if he needs something else to eat, then, then and I did that, and you, I almost made him cry, literally. And it, it, to the first, he was a little afraid he was in trouble, but I already cleared this with the owners, and I said, if, if I stay, and I want to stay, I want to pay back what these people have paid me. That's who I am. That's who I was raised to be. And, and and I did that. I did that with every one of them. And literally before I left that night, because we did have a, a red eye out of there the next morning, every one of them two-armed hugged me and said, please come back, please come back. I mean, that's. I, I hope you can even hear the excitement in my voice as I recount those days last spring, but it was an absolute blast. Wow. Yeah. So you're, you'll probably never be back there, I guess. You know, that was a one-and-done. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mentioned that there were quail outfit, and, and I kind of like bird hunting to quail, and I have two bird dogs. So, yeah, it just might be February the 14th is happens to be Valentine's Day, but I already kind of cleared that with my wife. I may have to send her flowers two or three times between now and then, but February the 14th, I'll <laughs> be there with my bird dogs. I'm driving all the way to Brownsville, and they're going to pick me up, and I'm going to spend a week with them, and I'm probably going back this spring for turkeys. For Yeah, so uh, it was a blast. Nice. Heck, yeah. Yeah, that's, that that's one of the fun things about traveling and hunting is all the people you meet. And, and you know, you on some of the trips, you know, you you bring home another family member, at least in your heart. And, you know, that's just it. It just adds on to the the enjoyment of the trip for sure so that sounds like the kind of trip you had absolutely and since it seems like i've been a used car salesman tonight i will plug that outfit el hacienda mx um they will be and i'm actually gonna drive up there on my own time uh and help those guys out because i believe in their outfit so much and i've never done this i've hunted with a lot of people a lot of different places but they will be at the SCI show in, I think it is the end of January, maybe the last weekend. You can look at SCI in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to go up there and help those guys work their booth. Paul will be there, and I'm going to be there as a as a client of theirs. But I, that is how much I believe in what they got going on. And, yeah, the lodge is phenomenal. The it, I, I can't say enough about it. But if you happen to be in that Nashville area and you're thinking about going to the SCI show, swing by there and introduce yourself to me. But I will be in their booth helping helping to promote that lodge in January, late January. Yeah. Nice. Well, very cool. How with the slams? I would assume the super slam was by far the most difficult. It was. Well, I think so. It was because certainly. To complete all the slams, yeah. To complete all the slams, a super slam is for sure. I mean, you have to shoot a turkey in 49 states. Um, yeah. I, I I I hesitate even saying this, and I don't even know that I want to. I guess I will because I've introduced it. But there's a gentleman I I spoke with. He actually lives in the Houston, Texas area, and he he beat me. He he completed. Um, all the slams, he's the first person to ever do it. I've been chasing that for a while. 
Um, and he actually completed several years ago, four, five, six years ago. Um, and I spoke with him. I didn't call him until after I was finished up. So it was, you know, early, early part of this summer. And we talked at length. Um, I would love to, and we actually have plans to, to meet each other coming up soon. And my head is off to him because he was the first one to ever do it. Uh, I chased that dream. I was the second place. What I am really, really proud of, and I'm not taking anything at all away from him because he did it. He planned the trips. He did it all. He, you know, he went to all the states. He went to all three in Mexico. He went to both of them in Canada. He did all that work and all of that. He also, and not again, not knocking him at all. He hunted a bunch of those in the fall. And in fall seasons, you're allowed to, to shoot hens, which are legal. And nothing's wrong with a legal harvest of a turkey so long as it's legal wherever you're at. You're at. We just got through talking a few moments ago about, you know, limb jacking one. And it, that's still acceptable. That If the guy wants to do that, that's the one and only place, to my knowledge, that's still acceptable is in, you know, in Campeche, Mexico on, on a for an oscillated turkey. But, you know, that's just not my gig. But a lot of his were hens that he did in the fall. He hunted fall and spring. And I'm not a fall hunter guy. I'm the first person to ever shoot them all, and all the all the slams in the springtime, and 100% of those be long beard mature gobblers. So no jakes, no hens, all mature gobblers. And I'm pretty proud of that. And, and not to say that that's taken anything away from him. It just that that's the difference in the two. And 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 I'm kind of proud of that because. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I push is do it right and you know and and shoot mature turkeys. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's pretty cool. Be able to, I mean, to do anything in this world and be able to say you were the first to do it is is pretty neat, you know. Well, it's not. I'm nothing special. I'm just a guy that loves turkeys. That's all I am. And so a lot of the and I've done several of these podcasts and and. And so this is my message is to that, that I preach to, to people as I do these is maybe your passion, and this is a turkey hunter podcast, so a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, are their passion is turkey hunting, but maybe your passion is deer hunting or quail hunting or underwater basket weaving. I don't care. Whatever the top goal is for your passion you're never going to get it done until you get off the couch and turn Oprah off. Go do it. Go plan to do it. It took me 31 years, but it needs to be methodical, step-by-step, a long-term journey. You know, that is what makes life so exciting. And that is what just paints the picture. You know, I didn't do this to have stories to tell my grandchildren but as a result of this i definitely have stories to tell my grandchildren you know i've got memories you know i'm not rich in dollars but i'm i'm a millionaire in memories for turkeys turkey hunts and and as a result of that you grow in your passion the more and more you do it the the more experiences you have the more learning opportunities you have uh, i can say this i'm not a great turkey hunter but i have on the planet and i've learned from them and so uh so yeah um what i'm a master of is messing turkey hunts up because i've messed them up every way you could possibly mess them up i think <laughs> but uh but you try to I, learn I, from those you know yeah yeah no doubt. what as far as u.s turkeys go just contiguous united states i guess 
Easterns in the South, would you say those are still the hardest to hunt after you've been all these places? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've hunted turkeys everywhere the good Lord makes turkeys. And the most difficult turkeys I've ever encountered, and, and this is even my home state, but I'll even include Louisiana. Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama are the most difficult turkeys. And I don't think it has necessarily to do... So I've shot lots of Easterns and lots of other states, too. Eastern turkeys are not that terribly difficult. They're kind of, you know, median right in the middle of the road. You know, maybe a little lean toward that. They're wary and they're they're smart. But the rednecks in the southeast United States, that's what makes these tough now i'm telling you when they've heard every yep. call known to man they've seen it all they know every move that is it, it, it's, it's people like like you andy like yep it's the rednecks that chase them and 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 make those mistakes and educate the turkeys and it, we just have so much more pressure on these turkeys and you know a lot of people talk about deer and and pressure deer and that's a real thing too and i'm not a huge deer hunter of Obviously, uh, we love to eat deer meat, and, and we harvest quite a few deer a year. But uh, you know, I'm I'm over the trophy hunting thing on deer. I've you know got a wall full of big bucks, but that, that is not my deal anymore. But pressure is a real thing. There, it's times ten with a with a gobbler. Yeah. What? Um, so that, yeah, so, that's that's the most difficult, in my opinion. Yeah. You mentioned the when you were talking about British Columbia. You mentioned the terrain was brutal. Was it just the sheer lack of turkeys in the area that made that such a a bad experience for you? I mean, that sounds like you could have dealt with the terrain if there had been, you know, a lot more birds. It's easier to, seems to me anyway, to be easier to climb a mountain if there's a turkey up there on the top goblin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, if if he's goblin, it doesn't matter. I may I, I may be completely crimson red when I get to the top from blood all over me, but I'm going. I, I mean, it's it's just yeah. really <laughs> hard to stop me. I'm gonna be there, you know. Um, yeah. And it was absolutely the lack of church. So let, let, I'm gonna tell a joke real quick. You remember what I said? Everything was good about Tamaulipas, Mexico reverse yeah, mm-hmm. all that and that's the answer for british columbia I mean, <laughs> it, 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 so the people were i'm not gonna say snobby but they had no clue what they were doing they, they had never turkey hunted they, they literally just in very very recent years like three or four have even had a season there they're they do not comprehend the theory of calling them up they had blinds with corn out and that's not me that's not how i choose to hunt if that was the only thing there then maybe but i just there weren't even there were no turkeys there were none i i I saw two hens i I literally saw three turkeys the whole entire trip i saw two hens in a field one afternoon and i heard one other turkey is like maybe the second morning but he was on some property that we could not access we went all the way to the line and i actually had that turkey wound up and coming but 
come to find out when I pulled Onyx up, there's a river in between us, and he stood right there on the other bank of the river. I'm a hundred yards away from the river, but I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. just it's, it's it's a lost effort. He's one from a hundred yards away. He's probably not going to fly that ri- that river. I have called him across rivers before in the past, but he's probably not doing that. And then number two, I'm a hundred yards further there, and he just and finally at ten o'clock he stopped gobbling and w- went off. But almost no birds. The only other turkey besides those two hens I saw, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell the story real quick. We were, I called my wife and told her, I said, it's not going to happen. There's no birds. I mean, I just, I've done everything I can do. And, and I mean, if I get up there and I feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm not doing everything I can do to harvest a turkey because I'm literally on a mission when I go on these things. I almost feel like I'm, I'm cheating on my family because, I mean, but what else can you do if there's no birds? It's just so frustrating. If there's no birds, you're doing yeah. every single possible thing you can do, and it's not going to happen. Sometimes you got to come to the realization is it's not going to happen on this one. And then you shift yeah. it to make it a positive. You know, now let's see what I can do. I, obviously, I got to come back. So let me do some learning here. Let me do some exploring. Let me do what, what can I do next year when I come back to this area? Maybe not the same place, but that this area. And let me learn terrain. Let me learn what few birds I do see, what are they doing? What's the behavior? Is that different from the birds I hunted in Idaho? Is that different than the birds I hunted in Washington State? Whatever, you know, I mean, the same, similar type terrains. And so it, it becomes a learning experience. And a failure is not a failure so long as you learn. It's a life lesson. It applies to a lot besides just turkey hunting. And so when you get to that point, and all of us do, I mean, I've, I've had states, you know, several, I've had five that I did not harvest in when I went to hunt them the first time, had to rethink them. It's okay. I learned something every single time. They were successes. They weren't harvest, but if we only measure success by harvest, then we're probably got our, our motivations wrong. Our, our, we should, in my opinion, at least, we should measure our successes by what did we learn. And the cool part of that is a large percentage of that time, we have a harvest to go along with that. But but it should be about learning. And so back to, back to British Columbia, the only other turkey I saw, we were on the last, the next to the last day of the hunt. They, it wasn't even one of their guides. It was a neighbor that they had an overload and they're not really a, they did several turkey hunts nobody i think i was there on the third week of their season that had two to four hunters per and it was like four day hunts uh you have to go with the outfitter if you're there i hate going with outfitters and and no no offense to outfitters but but the, the three hunts we talked about all have to be outfitters it, the mexico you have to have an outfitter in Canada, you have to have an outfitter. We've talked about tonight the oscillated hunt, the Mexican real hunt, and uh, and now we're talking about the British Columbia hunt. All three of those, you're required to go with the outfitter. I would much rather pay a trespass fee to a landowner and let me do my own thing. That's how I like to do. I, I like it DIY. Um, that's how I like to do it. But sometimes on these trips, you have to go with an outfitter, and that was the case here. And so when nobody in their whole entire camp had harvested turkey that whole entire spring, um, zero, zero harvest. It was a really, really expensive hunt. 
and there was no birds. And a little bit was sore, if if I'm completely honest with you guys and your listeners, I was a little bit mad that I paid all that money and there was no turkeys there. I felt like it had been a little bit misrepresented, to be honest with you. But I'm still trying to make the best of it. And at at dinner one night, supper one night, I call it supper, (laughs) but um, one of the axillary guys, if they have overflow, he's got some property there and he came in and he said, hey, I just pulled my, my trail cameras, eh? And I made my attempt to speak like like Canadians, and and he said, and he's had, had this gobbler came come in, and I don't think he even called him gobbler. I, I forget what thing. Anyway, it was a different term, but it was a gobbler that came in. He had a picture. That's the only other turkey that I had my my whole entire experience after three or four days there. The only other gobbler I knew was in the country. And so he said, you're welcome to go hunt him in the morning if you want. And I said, yeah, I mean, heck yeah, I'm in. Let's, let's go. <laughs> and so then I quizzed him and, and then I'm on the Onyx and had all the, you know, the background maps downloaded and, and, and the found location and all that. And, and so, you know, I spent from seven o'clock at night or whatever time it was dark when we were eating until probably three hours I spent you know just going over maps looking at terrain looking at topography you know trying to figure out obviously i'd never been on this place in my life but i've got one day and this is the last day and if i'm going to get done this is a lifelong quest it comes down to a 24-hour period and if it's going to happen so i'm all in i don't go to bed at 11 o'clock at night i'm literally scouring maps I'm, i'm looking at topography i'm looking at ridge points i'm looking at possible places the turkey could be roosted i mean i know he's there and so sure enough daylight comes we get there we're in place the turkey actually gobbles on the tree at daylight and he's not far he's 120 yards maybe something like that plenty close enough that that so the guy has a makeshift blind if you call it that it's old camo 3d die cut netting but just one one sheet of it stretched between two trees, and he's got bright red school chairs. They almost look like like a desk, except they don't have the writing table on the front of them, and they're <laughs> set behind them. That's his quote unquote blind. And, and now my style of turkey hunting, um, you know, give me my bottomland and set me in front of a tree somewhere, you know. And but anyway, you you got to do what you know when Rome do what the Romans do. So. So we're there, and and I actually had the turkey kind of cranked up a little bit, and and I'm trying not to overdo it because I know this is the last chance. And there was a pretty deep creek that I got him up to. He was he came to probably 70, 80 yards, something like that, and then just goes silent. And and I'm looking at the creek and I said, "Get going!" You know, I, I should have seen this last night. This is this is operator error. I should have picked up on that creek tomorrow night. Obviously, I'm probably beating up on myself a little bit more than I should because I didn't know where the turkey was going to be roosted. And when he did gobble, it was he gobbled early enough I could probably pick that out and scurry it up there at least to get close enough with shotgun range to the creek. But again, yeah. operator error, rookie mistake. And it, it, although I've done this thousands of times, you know, hunts thousands of times, and at, at any rate, it didn't happen. And so. He says, you want to go have lunch? I said, no, sir. He said, you want to, you know, do you, do you want to go out for, you know, to, to have a snack? And no, sir, I'm good right here. I'm good to dark. If you need to leave, you feel free to leave me. 
I said, and I'm not going to tell on you because I know you're supposed to be with me all the time, but if you need to go out or you want to go watch TV, you can go, and I'll be right here till you come back. I'm not leaving. I'm not doing anything. I'm waiting on the circuit to gobble again. I want to be on my feet and going to it. And so I go to my quote-unquote afternoon strategy. I'm there from daylight till well past noon. And after about 10 o'clock, I worked the turkey till probably 8 or so that morning. And starting about 10, I went into what I call my afternoon routine, where I literally talk four times per hour. I go off my watch. And it, when the second, not the second hand, the minute hand on my watch is at 12, and, and sometimes the sequence varies, I'm a yelp at, at, at 12. I get, I call it. And then when it goes on the 15 minute mark, I'll call again. A lot of times that's, that's it. One single note clock. When I go, when my watch goes to 30 minutes, the half hour, I may call again, but it's going to be very, very, very light. And 45 minutes, I'm going to call again. Only one time out of those four do I get aggressive. And usually the later into the day it gets, the less aggressive I get. The most aggressive will be, and that's it. And, and, and it's a long 15 minute wait. So you get a chance to call again at, 2.30 in the afternoon, the turkey gobbled. And I've been doing this every 15 minutes all day long, and he gobbled directly behind us. You remember what we're sitting in? Those big red school chairs that are hard mm -hmm. as a brick, and, and my yep. butt hurts, my back hurts, and there's no... So I should tell you about my quote-unquote guide. He's never harvested turkey in his life. He's never really hunted a turkey. He just owns property. He has snow white gray hair, snow white gray hair. He's got white tennis shoes on. He's got blue jeans on, and he's got a green shirt on. And oh, he's ready to go. Turkey, yeah, the turkey gobbles directly <laughs> behind my back. You know, and, and I turned to him. I said, "Don't move." I dove 180 degrees opposite of where the direction I'm hunting. I took just as I'm diving down there, the turkey is probably only 70 yards. Thank goodness it's thick between us and, and him. I grabbed my red chair and threw it down behind me. And sure enough, I could catch glimpses of red coming, coming. He's coming on a string. And, and I don't call again. I'm going to call him one more time. I'm going to cluck to him to stop him if I need to stop him so I can shoot him. And he gets right behind the tree. I can't see his head. I hear and my guide with the snow white gray hair and the white tennis shoes and the blue jeans and the green shirts leans out on his red chair so he can see the turkey. And the turkey can see him, but I can't see the turkey. All I see at that time is a turkey turning. I see a streak of black and red going away. I remember there was one little bitty glimpse of a hole about 18 yards behind him and i'm just hoping the turkey runs back the same way and as soon as right before he gets there's literally like leading a dove as soon as he gets there and i hate pulling the trigger on a gamble i hate it but I, that was the only choice i had and he got there and the lead was about right and i shot and i didn't see the turkey fall and i was sick and that was happened to be i told you it's real thick between the road and where we were I got up on my feet, hauled tail out there, got up there, and when I got right to where I, I the turkey was when I shot, I heard, <laughs> and he was right in the middle of the road flopping. 
he actually made it about 10 yards further and I got up there and oh boy I literally 31 years in the making I literally had tears I'm a grown redneck man I had tears in my eyes I literally cried it's a, a lot of work a lot of planning a lot of money a lot of travel and it's finally done and yeah I mean it's just real special real special kind of moments you know yeah that's something you know, hunts like that, when they happen, it is, man, it's stressful. And <laughs> then when it, when the trigger squeezed and the bird goes down, it's just, I mean, that's a feeling that, that yeah, I, I just, I don't know how to describe, you know, it's, it's unlike anything you, you ever feel, you know, any, any place else. And, and just for that to be your the last bird you needed to complete all of the slams of the slam, you know, that's, it, it's kind of fitting, isn't it? It, it, it kind of is. It really is. You know, if I could have scripted it, I would have had a hunt kind of like Tamalapis where I'm calling up turkeys for everybody in camp, you know, but yeah, when really yeah. and truly at the end of a 30 year quest, 31 year quest, I kind of needed a hard one. I, and, you know, that may have been one of the hardest ones. I've had lots of really, I love hunting tough turkeys, but I like hunting them at home where if I don't harvest that turkey, it's okay. I, but the pressure, yeah. I, I, so I'm going to segue real quick. I'm going to talk about the pressure of, of this slam thing. It takes something away. I, I am absolutely in love with a wild turkey. Absolutely in love. When you get on these hunts and you spend a lot of money, you go a long ways from home and you approach it like I choose to approach it. No, no, no problem. We've already talked about that. If, if that's not your choice to, to approach it the way that I do, but I feel so much pressure and it takes something away from the turkey. It really does. Yeah. Having said that, I love tough turkeys, but the pressure sometimes can take away from hunt and so this is a word of caution to listeners there's a lot of people chasing this now i mean this i forget there's a handful of people that have done the super slam only two of us i think maybe less than 20 and because only less than 20 because there were a couple of us there are a couple of people that completed the super slam this year i think i was the I think I was the 12th or 13th person to com- to complete the Super Slam a year a year ago this past spring, but there's been a few more. I think you're going to see that number go way up. So there's a lot of people now that are chasing this, and don't let the pressure get in the way of the bird. If 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 your passion is the bird, don't let that pressure of that hunt get in your way. If you got to go back. Guys, girls, go back. It's okay. It doesn't matter. But don't let the pressure steal the gobble from the turkey. Let the turkey be the driving factor. That You almost have to be a turkey hunter to understand what I'm saying. But I'm I'm serious. There was some of these, the pressure overcomes the turkey. Yeah. And and that's, that's, that's a misguided and opposite of the mission reality that can happen. So I would absolutely 
caution people against that. Enjoy the hunt. Enjoy the the people. Enjoy the scenery. Enjoy everything it is about it. And keep it about the turkey, but don't let the pressure steal that. Yeah, and you know, that's we've had several people on the show who've completed this, their super slam, and that is a common, common, common thing. In fact, I believe every single one of them that we've had on the show have said that you know if they had it to do over again they would just slow down and enjoy it more yeah because you know it's just like what we said earlier we we hunt for enjoyment exactly and you can't we can't help but feel the pressure when it's last minute of the last day and you've got that tag and it is burning a hole in your vest. You can't help but feel the pressure. So but, is that not also though spill straight over to life? You know, yeah, yeah, I got to close this deal, but my little girl, her best friend's birthday is part of here. And I don't have to go to that. I, I, you know, I, I could skip that and close this deal, but it's really, really important to her. You're not going to get that five-year-old back again, you, 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 yeah. you know, or, 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 or whatever the, the situation is in life. You know, I mean, you know, I could spend this evening with my wife, but I got buddies there calling and that we want to go hang out or hang deer stands or, or clean or plant food plots, but you're not going to get that time back. It, 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 now, we're talking about turkey hunting, but this is a life lesson. The, the same exact theory plays true in life. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I, I 100% agree. You know? Yeah. I, I think Man. the pressure too could get, could get worse in coming years with how popular it's gotten. I think the pressure to succeed, there's going to be more quotas there's going to be harder to get access. I mean, there's going to be a lot more pressure on people to pursue these type things. You know, if it takes however many years it's going to take to draw some of these states or whatever, that's going to be an immense amount of pressure. Right. Yeah. So, well, you know, I guess maybe it's easy to say because I'm finished, but I keep going back. And it's going to sound like a cliche, but enjoy the bird. Enjoy the bird. That's, that's, that's why God made him for us to enjoy and enjoy the show. Enjoy calling up. Do it right. You know, don't, don't, don't cheat it. You know, I mean, I've, I, I don't want to go off in negative details here, but I know people that have, it, all of us do, that have shot birds out of state that, that, that weren't fair. You know, I mean, don't, don't cheat him. You know, uh, respect the bird for what he res- for what he deserves respect for. You know, I mean, fight him on his own terms. And you know, if you can't, what have you done? If you roll down the window, shoot one out the window. I mean, that, that you've done nothing. You, you didn't fool him. You didn't. You know, you didn't play your your role in that. You just you were opportunistic. You know, make sure you do your part. Do it right. Does that make sense? And and, and I, I know it sounds negative. I don't want to be negative at all, but I gotta throw a word of caution out there because that ain't cool when it happens, and I've I've witnessed it. We all have. We all heard those stories, yeah. and that's that's not good. Yeah, 
No, I think there's a lot more satisfaction in the hunt and harvesting that turkey when you know you had to you did it on your own and you did it fair and you did it ethically i guess you right. know it's just a whole new level and then you know the ones you kill that take a little effort you know and trust me if i go drive over in arkansas and squawk once and a two-year-old runs in and i kill him i'm gonna be happy as can be but there is a feeling of going to a state and having to work and then all of a sudden you you do something and get to squeeze that trigger there's a a whole nother level of feeling of knowing that you really accomplished something you know absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. and to do that on your last bird for your last slam yeah that's intense (laughs) well I started turkey hunting in 1985, and I'll tell you a quick story about the first turkey. I'm going to tie this in where it makes some sense. The first turkey I ever called up, and nobody I knew, that's not exactly right. There was an old, almost legendary nowadays call maker. He's passed away a long time ago. He lived about a quarter mile down the highway and across the highway from my grandparents where I spent a lot of time growing up. And he was a turkey call manufacturer. This is way before we had mouth calls, diaphragm calls, like a lot of people in my, my age used to call them. Uh, but mouth calls, as we refer to them now, it was cedar. It's all he worked with was cedar wood and it were all friction. He had what they call Jake calls, which is a two-handed deal. And he had box calls and a variety of different he actually got off later in the days of making slate calls and and uh, his name was Sidney Vaughn um and I think it was Gidham Turkey Calls and so some of the collectors may know Mr. Sidney's name he was the only person I knew that turkey hunted and even Mr. Sidney wouldn't tell me anything he told me just enough to keep my interest peaked and this is circa 1983 or so well, I was I got my driver's license in 1985, and we had a property that had a few turkeys in our area of the state uh, in Mississippi. We had very, very few turkeys then, but my family farmed, and we had one farm that we worked uh, that we didn't even own. We, we leased it, but we could hunt on it. It had a few turkeys, and so what I did have is I had books like the Old Pro Turkey Hunter and Tenth Legion and a few others of uh, Robert Hitt Neal wrote a few back then, uh, different different books. And I think this came out of the old pro turkey hunter, and I wish I could quote the author of that, um, but I it's not in my – pardon? Did Gene Nunnery? Gene Nunnery, that's exactly it, exactly. And, um, yep. yep, that's exactly who wrote that book. If you've never read that, you're a listener, you owe it to yourself. The, the, to get you acquire you a copy of that book and read it read it you'll read it three times yeah. I, i've okay. no telling how many times i've read it through and through cover to cover and one of the things in there is and here again a guy that's never nobody in my family turkey on it i didn't i didn't have a coach i didn't have a teacher those were my teachers that the, the publications i just said and then a little bit Mr. Sidney, uh, what little time he took, he would just teach me the rhythm of, of, of how to make turkey sounds. 
you know, and, and how to somewhat, and, and he always said, it doesn't matter what you sound like, it matters the rhythm of, of how you present it. He's absolutely right. I can tell you stories about that. I'm not going to go into that one. So I didn't have anybody. So I was there, Turkey Gobbles. I go to him like I'd read in the books. I sit there, and there's a little bluff. It's only like four or five feet, you know, uh, tall, but I'm up on the top of the ridge. There's a little four or five foot bluff. And the turkey's kind of in the bottom. I heard them fly down. I knew he's, I knew the turkey's right there. I never called up a turkey before in my life. Um, I, I've got Mr. Sidney's box call there, and 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 I'm kind of clucking on it, doing what he taught me to do. And and I just laid it down. All of a sudden, in this big redhead and the most beautiful sight I've ever seen, this wild turkey gobbler, his, his beard had to be 25 inches long, it seemed like to me at the time. <laughs> he he tops this little bluff, and he's standing there 15 yards from me. And my gun is pointed. If his head was right here, so everybody imagine I hear, and there was a tree 24 inches to the right, my gun was pointed to the tree 24 inches to the right. <laughs> and I and my brain goes back to that chapter on the book. When that turkey can see you, you cannot move. Period. Underscore. Underline. Highlighted in yellow in 1985. And 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 so I couldn't move. I, I didn't think that's what. That's all the knowledge I had. You can't move. And I'm looking at it, and then he struts, and then he drums in my face, and he's 15 yards. Well, now. In 2023, I shift my gun over real quick and I and I squeeze the trigger. And he's 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 flopping right there. But then <laughs> I did I, I I kept waiting to walk behind a tree, do something. He stood there for five or six or seven minutes. He couldn't find the hen. I wouldn't move. And and, and my gun's up. My safety's off. It, it's it's like I'm looking at the turkey in my and I guess I need to move my gun barrel four and a half or five inches to the left. He turns around. Clucks a couple of times, like, where you at, girl? Come on. Goes all the way to the lip of that bluff, clucks again, stands there, turns his head, turns and walks right back down him. I never saw that turkey again. So you <laughs> learn from every single thing you do. You know, I, I didn't know what I knew back then, and I'm not, I don't know a lot now. I'm, I'm, I'm not a great turkey hunter. I, I, I've got a lot of persistence. That's the only that's the only thing that's made me successful is I got a lot of persistence and and I'm so hard headed that when when that happens I promise you if if you were to if that same turkey and he's long since been dead now if he did that again he's a dead turkey you know but but you just you only know what you know and and turkey hunting like life every single day we wake up and every single day we go to, to sleep we should our goal should be did we learn something every single solitary hunt we should try to learn something maybe it's not even about the turkey maybe it's what is that little pretty little wildfire flower right there we got resources today that we didn't have when i started we can we can research that we can find it because that's like a really a cool thing it has nothing to do with turkeys it has nothing to do with the edible or anything it's just a pretty little wildflower right there i find myself doing that a lot now it's it's learning that's what that's what's so fun in life learning is fun and and developing your skills as a woodsman and just your overall knowledge literally that's what's fun yeah yeah well totally agree. 
I definitely agree. And congratulations on all your successes and using your hard headedness and stubbornness to kill all those turkeys. Make it happen. Well, appreciate, well, I appreciate you coming it. on. Well, thank you Telling guys for stories. having me. It's a it's a blast hanging out with you guys and, and your listeners as well. I, I absolutely enjoy it. This is the second time now, and, and maybe we'll get a chance to hang out again. I, I, I would relish that. But I would like to close the idea with this, is whatever your passions are, and this is really to the listeners, is chase them. Because you may not have another tomorrow. You know, you may not have a next year. Chase them and enjoy them to the fullest. Enjoy every second of every single hunt enjoy the planning enjoy the research enjoy the travel enjoy the getting there and absolutely enjoy the hunt and enjoy the picture taking and enjoy the trip back and relish those in your your album of memories in your brain and never forget them and and not only that that's the turkey hunting side of that but life as well those special moments, life is precious. Life is, is very, very fleeting. Enjoy every single moment and look for the good in every, every, every single aspect that you can possibly look at it in your life. Yeah. Well, very wise words. Yep. Very wise words, no doubt. Well, Chip, thank you. This has been a lot of fun and, you know, anytime we get the chance to talk to an absolute turkey fanatic we enjoy the heck out of it and and fortunately for me and cameron we get to do that good bit so we've really enjoyed this and and appreciate your time and sharing your experiences with us and knowledge as well it's been a great time thank you well you bet uh, look it, it i love to talk turkeys i, I love I, i'm auctioneer by trade so i get paid to talk and uh and my favorite subject <laughs> to talk about is turkeys. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been my pleasure, and and I appreciate it. And I would like to say good luck to everybody. We still got a few months till spring, but it's coming, you know. And right now is the time yes. to get ready for it for sure. That's exactly right. No awesome. No well, have doubt. a great night and enjoy those grandchildren. And you bet. Good luck to you this spring. Well, I'm looking good. forward to hearing about your next adventure. Well, that that sounds great. Well, um, yep. Well, I appreciate it, uh, Andy and Cameron both. Uh, you got a great show here. You got uh, great listeners, and I appreciate the chance to hang out with y'all. I, I, I really do. And and so yeah, if we have a chance to talk again one day, then that would be great. But if not, good luck to everybody, and and I appreciate the time here. Thank you, Chip. Thank you. Chip. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. See ya. Goodbye. Well, I guess the new thing to do will be for somebody to try to do the slam of all slams in a single season. Yeah, I think. And then then in a single month and then maybe a week. Yeah. You know, it'll just progress. But no doubt a heck of an achievement to be able to say you're the first person to kill all adult spring gobblers in every place that has them besides New Zealand is, is quite the feat. And, you know, that's one cool thing about this podcast and what we do is, you know, a lot of people may not know Chip Davis or, you know, he doesn't have a TV show. I don't know that he's all that prevalent on social media even, you know, but here's a guy who's who's done it, you know, done things that 
no one else has done in the turkey hunting world and we got to get him on and tell his story yes indeed so been awesome uh, i enjoyed having him on for our trapping series as well as this one really enjoyed that and just uh cool stories from mexico and around the country yeah that was really good stuff i enjoyed that and you know he's a great storyteller so that certainly makes interviews like this a lot of fun well speaking of stories i think our next podcast is going to be quite the entertaining story it is going to be intense so i'm i'm excited to bring a story that i've been wanting to get on here for a little bit and scheduled to have that call monday with someone and we'll have that up next week as well as a big announcement for the turkey hunter podcast yeah man big stuff we are we are we got good stuff coming man we're we're working and for the Turkey Hunter podcast, we got a big announcement next week on how we feel like we can help out even more. And that's that's big part of our show is getting people on here and also promoting wild turkey organizations. And next week we'll be bringing out an idea and something that you, the listener, will hopefully help us raise some funds for a couple turkey conservation organizations. Yeah. and that'll be awesome so we'll see you guys next week on that we'll make the favor of the week this week to listen next week because we want everyone who hears this show to tune in next week for our a really neat episode i already know it's going to be neat and to hear the big announcement we'll do that in the intro next week sounds like a plan that's a good favor of the week all right well we'll see you guys next week why don't you wrap us up thanks andy Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.